And welcome back. Welcome back to the show of shows. Welcome back to the Walker AC Experience. I am your host, Adrian, for this uh, Wednesday of April 15th in the year 2020. I was not here last week because of reasons. I'll just leave it at that. We know with what's going on. I tend not to harp on it too much, but once again, we're not here for that. We are here for a show to relax. As you know, you can always reach out to me at walkerac76.podbean.com. That's walkerac76.podbean.com. You can always find me on YouTube for a little while longer under Walker AC. That's where you can find Henry the Fox Show, past podcasts, the I Got Nothing Show, the Slacking Majestically Show. Um, you can find some other little doodads here and there. Also, find me on Instagram under Walker AC Experience. It's all one word, Walker AC Experience. You can also find me on TikTok. I actually use that thing, go figure, under Walker AC. You'll see little bits and bobs here and there. But of course, to recap, it's been a week, it's been a very busy week. But the prior two weeks before that, we spoke to my bestest friend in the whole world, not in a gay way, nothing's wrong with that, uh, Michael Melkor. We talked about chapter one and two about our lives, and now we're delving into chapter three. I kept you guys waiting long enough, so without further ado, this is the man, the myth, the legend, the almighty Michael Melkor. Hey, Mike, how's it going? Yeah, I know, scary, isn't it? Go on TikTok. I I know I'm the last person to even think about it, but it's actually pretty entertaining. Very very entertaining. Uh, you know, it definitely empties out the mind for a bit. It entertains people here and there. So you really should try it out. I mean, I know the kids will love it, but you know. Well, we were before recording talking. I just went back on Twitch for like just to see what was on, because I'm bored. Like, Let's see what they got. And I discovered that there is a booty mashup channel. In fact, apparently one that does a live stream every birthday from 6 to 8 p.m. Now, for those of you who didn't hear that, he said booty mashup. Now, would you please explain <laughs> what a booty mashup entails? B-O-O-T-I-E. It's, I know y'all are going to think something dirty. You don't have to. Booty, in this case, is short for bootleg. As in, we're taking parts of one song and parts of another song and mashing them together. Or parts of several songs, depending on. I've, I've heard some that is just these vocals with this music over here. In fact, the one, give an example, the one when you called our first interview that I put on pause was the, the music used for it was Zombies by the, was Zombies, sorry, Singular by the Cranberries. Plural. In vocal, however, somebody had taken had taken Katy Perry's EP and fit it over some. That would be a mashup. In that example, it's this song here, this one here. Hey, your chocolate, my peanut butter. I've heard some though that are go like especially the end of the year. You'll get those like all the year hits in one mashup that literally run longer than an hour. And, yeah, they'll drop in pieces of every single song that hits the top ten in any given year. So, yeah, they use it nuts. But I kind of prefer the two, maybe three at a time, depending on just all mixed into one little cute little earworm. That's not too bad at all. Now, see, I never heard of mashups until you introduced me to mashups. Now, see, I remember many, many moons ago when, I lived in, when we lived in Daytona Beach, you, uh, I, I think it was Mike Van Patten singing Zombie by the Cranberries. And I think that was the first time I heard something so different like that. Mash into something else, mash into something else. And then you gave me, I think, what, like a couple of couple of 20 or 30 gigs full of mashup songs? Yeah, see that, see those are the the awards, they crap like that all the time. They would sing, Mike Patton would sing like parts of other songs at the end of... 
think, in fact, I think what you're mentioning, I think that was just a straight, not a straight cover. It was a cover of Zombies, but they were kind of making fun of the song, which sounded hilarious. All right, people are here. They yes, I know. Don't add me, whatever. But after that, though, I think it was after I moved back, I've been in it for a few years, and I stumbled across this mashup site. Blind luck. I'm like, what is this? And started listening to all of these and just like, whoa. So then I started collecting them, as it were. And then you got probably the 20 or 30 gig collection at the time that I had. Because, yeah, I started picking out, I started cherry picking some of the ones I really liked and just started gathering them up and keeping them. Because I'm like, who knows when these things are going to disappear? It could be any moment for all I know. Although, the site I did pick them from, mashuptown.com, I think, is even still around. So, there's that. That's something I have to definitely look for. So, mashuptown.com, see free plugs right there for them. Yeah, and they probably don't know me from Adam, but whatever, you're welcome. It's all good. <laughs> Lord knows I've enjoyed that site for years, so... Sweet, that works for me. Now, before we dip into the whole mashup thing, let's go back a little bit. Let's see, meeting you back then, you know, back in 92, no, 94, my bad, my 94. Um, you know, see, I know you're a big wrestling fan just like I was, and that's when we clicked. Um, also, little did I know, you had this deep, deep, deep passion for music, and I never even thought, you know, like your musical tastes went that deep. So, I mean, explain to the lovely audience, you know, your knowledge of music. I'm going to give you the floor. I may pipe in a little questions here and there, but, I mean, your knowledge of music just blows me away. Oh, God. Um, gosh, where do I even start? That, yeah, that's the first question you can tell me. Where do I start? Because, <laughs> my God. I guess my earliest, one of my earliest memories, like when I was young, young, like six, seven, I remember I would have the radio on. And it was, oh gosh, I can't even think of the pop station in Daytona, the call letters. I know it was something 100. Logo had something to do with the Gator, I think. But it was just the pop station I would listen to. And you know, the house, the radio on. And that's when I first heard Prince, my favorite to this day. Um, but then in addition to that, you know, I'm with my, my mom, had remarried since then. And we're out with them in the car, <clears throat> going to visit his parents, my grandparents, on both sides, my stepdad's grandparents, my stepdad's parents as well as my mom's, um, out shopping, out to dinner, all these places. And... On top of whatever I picked up from Pop Radio, although this is the 80s, now I can imagine the Pop Radio now. I, <laughs> I probably wouldn't give a... I know this isn't a family show, but I'm still trying to behave. I wouldn't care less about music. I think if I did that with a pop station right now. But, I mean, back then, you figure I'm listening to regular rotation. There's like Prince, there's Duran Duran, there's... Stuff like the Bangles and the Nanorama, there's your Flock of Seagulls, I know your favorite bands. There's, you know, all <laughs> kinds of stuff coming out, you know, on the radio at that time that I was picking up and cherry picking. But then I'm in my I'm in the car with my stepdad who's mainly one of two things are on. He's either got the country station going, which was hit or miss prospect back then. See, real country that sounds like country, I can dig on. Like your older stuff, your Johnny Cash, your the Willie Nelson, your Hank Williams, stuff like that. This pop music with a slide guitar, not real interesting. So this was, I think, heading into that era for some of the stuff I was digging on, some I wasn't. But if it wasn't country, the other thing he had on the radio dial at that point were like the oldies. Back then, which would be your 50s and 60s stuff. So, some of your doo-wop, some of your early Beatles, some stuff like that. But there are some really cool, I still listen to some old Beatles every now and again. 
and they called us up from way back when. Anybody that, put it this way, anybody really familiar, really familiar with the music from Fallout? Um, a little bit after that era. Not quite that far back. Not quite that big band. This is when both pop music and really rock and roll were starting to happen. So it was that kind of stuff that I did that. So this stuff was coming to me on the regular, and I'm like, okay, this is cool, and I'm not too much like this. I'm going to go play on my plate now because it sucks, you know, whatever. But then what really feels the deal is spending summers with my dad up Baltimore. Now, mind you, I, I'm, I'm up there the entire, like, a week after school's done, I'm in Baltimore. A week before school goes in, I'm back home. So we're for two or three months at a time, I'm like that. And he can't take two or three months off. So he's working. So I'm alone in the old man's apartment while he's at work most times. And I would say a lot of that time, I mean, a lot of that time I was watching movies, Predator, Little Shock of Horrors, The Untouchable. I can just type all three of those movies because of how many times I've seen them spending summers up there, passing time watching those. The other thing I was doing is going through his record collection. And that's where I'm finding stuff like The Who, Pink Floyd, uh, Parliament Funkadelic. Mm. he had all of this is in his collection stuff I've never heard never seen like what on earth is this going through that and yeah you talked about having your mind blown you know that's where I first found Tommy from the, that's where I first found the wall and dark side of the moon all this kind of stuff was going through and then finding out later on that these are like pretty huge albums and not knowing it at the time so I'd already heard it and been like, oh my God, what is this? And then just keep digging further and further back and finding stuff, you know, in his collection still. Which is funny now because he passed about six years ago. Yeah, as of March 20th, it would have been six years. And things come full circle because when he did pass, one of the things that I was left and brought home was his record collection. So I have it in my office on the shelf. Every record that I went and dug through when I was a kid discovering music, I still have. And that's awesome. That 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 is really awesome. Now the reason why I ask about your you know like deep dive into music is because, you know, like most people get into music, you know, uh, like, you know, to escape, to discover new things, you know, but your love of music was pretty much done by accident. And you took that love of music and you just kept getting deeper and deeper and deeper into it. But I, I didn't mean to interrupt, but, but please continue. No, no, you're, you, I understand the people out there in, you know, Walker Experience Land may not know this. You probably do. If I'm into something, I'm going all in. Well, music is a broader subject to something I got into younger. So I went all in. <laughs> I mean, I've been editor for 411 Music. I've interviewed a list of people as long as my arm. Some people I even forgot until it comes up later on and it's like, oh shit, yeah, that dude from Nonpoint, I have talked to him, that's right. Completely forgot about it. Now, actually, that kind of thing. I just went, just like I said, when I go in, I go all in. And music is something that, since even before being a teenager, I mean, that vibe has just never stopped for me. I'm still going in on stuff. And of course, that's always a good thing. Which actually, you you kind of you kind of drove me into my other point here a little bit. We're still going to kind of bounce around a little bit back and forth with love of music. You know, you went so far and your knowledge is so deep. You went so far as to actually interview, you know, musicians and stuff like that and bands and go to so many concerts. Um, when you went to Daytona Beach Community College, DBCC, I remember reading an article you wrote. You went to the Marilyn Manson concert 
and I read your article about it. And one of the things that got me hooked even more, being your friend and whatnot, I remember specifically, yeah, no editing here, specifically that you were describing Marilyn Manson, who I'd never even heard of, and your description of him got me interested in his music. And there was one line that caught me. You made a comparison to the whole theatrics of his show compared to Jimmy Hart, you know, with the, with the megaphone doing his thing. And that right there hooked me. I'm like, you linked Jimmy Hart to Marilyn Manson. Okay, you got me. You know, I'm I'm, I'm hooked totally. No, I hate the co- I I hate the correction, but I remember that article. Yeah, it wasn't Manson. I compared him to, to Jimmy Hart. It was Jim Rose. Jim Rose. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you to the Jim Rose. Show. Yep, Jim. Yeah, I remember that. Thank you because for correcting me. I know exactly me. what show you're talking. I'm pretty sure it was, it was either Jacksonville or Orlando. But it was the Downward Spiral Tour. It was the Jim Rose Circus Sideshow and then Marilyn Manson opening for Nine Inch Nails. You are correct. I remember that. So, so okay. I remember that show vividly simply because it is probably in the top, in my, in the list of top five shows I have ever seen. And I've seen probably, I would say, a good couple hundred. If I have to put a number on, I've been to a lot of damn shows. <laughs> put it that way. And now, and now with that, give me your top five favorite shows and why. And then after that, I have to, I have another little quiz for you. Mm. The top two are the easiest. All right. It's the bottom three that get a little rougher. The top two are easy. Number one is going to be Prince in Jacksonville at the Musicology Tour. April of 2004. It was, as he advertised at the time, one of the last times he was ever doing like the whole greatest hits thing. So, according to him, you weren't going to hear stuff like Purple Rain or Raspberry Beret or Kiss or none of that after this tour. Of course he'd go back on which is fine, but, you know, it's like Terry Funk retiring. Who believes that crap anymore? But, <laughs> And I mean, but it was, and it was, it was, I think, yeah, the only show I've seen to this date in the round, which normally you go to a concert, the stage is on one side of the building, everybody else is, no. Him, his setup, his stage was directly in the center of the arena, with the crowd on all sides. That sounds amazing. There was no such thing as a bad seat at this show. And it was. He went for him and his band, which, I mean, may have been, I don't know if they had a name. It wasn't quite the MTG. He'd gotten past that, but he totally had his band. And they, I mean, it was like old school. If anybody's familiar with James Brown and his band, how he would lead them through his review, how they could stop on a dime and go wherever he wanted to go. His stand at that time was that good. And that's exactly what he did for three hours. He would run through what he wanted to do, stop on a dime, let's go this direction. The band's like, all right, bet. And then they would go off and do something completely, you know, jam on something else and throw in, you know, little pieces of all this other obscure stuff as well as bringing out the hits. So Prince being my favorite musician ever. I mean, as far as why that's my favorite show, I no brain just the fact that it was in the round, it was three hours long, and he broke out all the good shit, that was a bonus. Um, number two on the list is Roger Waters, The Wall. Really? In Miami, Sunset, whatever you want to call it. Um, yep. When he, that was about 13 years ago, 12 maybe, 11. Something like that. I can't remember exactly what year, but yeah, it was more probably more than ten. But yeah, it was when he when he was doing the wall solo, the entire. And when I say the wall, I'm talking all the way, beginning to end. He's doing the entire album, and he had the whole you know as much as you can in an enclosed arena, which this was. But he had the whole you know 
you've ever seen pieces of the wall live where they're building the styrofoam wall, they've got the inflatable t-shirt, they've got the inflatable pig, all of this crap going on. It's all part of that show. And now for a show like that, how long did that go for? What, like three hours? Two, three hours? Well, I mean, how long is the wall? That's a pretty long movie. A couple hours? Yeah, at least. I mean, beginning to end, I mean, it's a double album, so you're talking, what, maybe two hours, a little less? That's about how long the show was. I mean, he ain't dicking around. He didn't come in and do, like, an opening set. Nobody opened for him. Nope. The show started. The first note of the wall hit. He'd go all the way to the end of the wall. This band came out and took a bow. It was over. No encore, no, no bullshit, no nothing. It was Pink Floyd the Wall, done by the guy who wrote it from beginning to end. That's it. That's amazing. And that was all it had to be. Now, uh, and of course, like you said, your last three is kind of iffy. Now, I'm going to take a wild stab in the dark, and I could be wrong. You know, I, I want to figure the Manson may be one of those shows, or maybe Tool. I've never seen Tool. Really? I have not seen them live. I've seen Tool. It's amazing. But I digress. Um, I've heard everything about how amazing it is, and I would love to, but I have not seen it. There are so many bands that I've seen that the list of the ones I haven't and want to is very short. But they are on it. Because then I have not seen. Um, and it's not that the last three on this list are iffy. It's just what place they all go. Um, I'm just going to take these. I've never thought about three through five with that <laughs> much, like, you know, not to seriously put what show in what order. I'm just going to go, um, like I said, that Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson, Jim Rose show is definitely one of the top five. I mean, that's, I still love Nine Inch Nails. And similar Ghost albums, I think, are great, including the two that just came out. He's not as aggro and angry as he was. Of course not. He's old. But him and Atticus Ross are still making beautiful sounding stuff. I agree. But all that having been said, this was, to me, Reznor at damn near the height of his power. And, and, and Manson just starting out, like before, I never did see him on the Antichrist Superstar tour, which I regret. But, like you said, the theatrics, everything involved already, he's just doing his first album stuff, that's it, that's all he had out. But, I mean, he was damn good live then. And then just seeing the Jim Rose circus side show in person was like, what the entire hell am I looking at? This dude is lifting a cinder block with his nipples. What the hell is going on here? <laughs> and, and, and not to interrupt, but for those of you who never seen the Jim Rose circus, pause this, go on YouTube, look up the Jim Rose circus, and you will be amazed. For that particular time, it was, it was funny, shocking, hilarious, gross. Everything you can ever want in entertainment, but please continue. I mean, my thing, I mean, there's a dude that can lift finger blocks with his nipples. There's a dude that can put nails in his hand. I mean, just like you said, all kinds of weird, shocking shit. My favorite part of that show was always the Armenian rubber man. The dude that could literally fit his entire body through the head of a tennis racket. I remember that. So if you're going to go on YouTube, find that, find that stuff too, because that was just like, holy crap. Um, I'll tell you who else showed up to do a full album and decided the hell with it. We're going to do a lot more because we have a full band and y'all haven't seen this in a while and we're just going to have a good time for three solid hours. Another show on this list has to be Public Enemy. I knew you were going to mention that. I'm surprised I yep. wasn't higher on your list. I've seen them twice. Well... They put on a hell of, they would probably honestly be number, if I have to put numbers on these, they would probably be number three. You can't beat the wall top to bottom. And you're not going to beat my favorite musician ever. And Chuck Dale will be the first to tell you that. He ain't going to beat Prince Live, and he knows that. But I think public, and I've seen him twice. I saw him once way back when in Gainesville, that was 92. Um... It was the Tom Tom Club, Black Sheep, the Suit Dragons, and Public Enemy on that bill. And I swear to God, that is the only time in my life I've seen the Suit Dragons because they took that Tom Tree 
That's amazing. Now, of course, the reason. Like, <laughs> of course, the reason we love public. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. That's not. No, no, I'm not saying that's. That was the first time. The second time is the one that makes my list. That was in 2011. Um, I can't remember the name of the club. It's in downtown Orlando. Um, but yeah, they went and they had the band, B A N N E D, which is actually the name of their band. They had guitars, drums, everything. They had DJ Lloyd with them. They had a DJ. But they also had a live band. And yeah, they went for three solid hours, and it was just a great time. That would probably be number three. Um, and yeah, number five is probably the hardest. All right. That's, I might have to come back to that one. <laughs> okay, well, tell you what, while you're thinking about your last one, I'm going to shoot off some rapid-fire questions to you. And right. matter of fact, this would be pretty easy for you. Actually, I'm going to just make it a little, little, little bit difficult. Top five favorite interviews you've done and why? Oh. Um, mm-hmm. No way. One is, oh, the first one, once again, the first one on this one is also easy. Sir McFly. In his hotel room with his tour manager for three and a half hours. West Palm Bay, Florida, 1994. Wow. We talked about, we mainly talked about his new album that came, well, the, the purpose of it, I should say, was to talk about his new album coming out, and he was appearing on a TV show called The Watcher. It was a Twilight Zone type show, like an anthology, and he was the Rod Serling type character on it. Mm-hmm. But that was the purpose was to talk about them. We wound up talking about every fucking thing you could think of. Like I said, we were there for three and a half hours. He finally had to take us out because he's like, I can do this all night, Gene, but I got to get ready for a show tonight. I'm like, yeah, dude, I'm holding you up. I'm sorry. We'll, we'll let you go. <laughs> yeah, we went for three and a half and we could have gone longer. And that one, like we talked about, <laughs> coming back to this subject, that is one of my, one of my proudest moments personally was when his tour manager, um, you ever hear him on his record refer to one of his top team named PLB? Yeah, yes. That's, that's his tour manager, Paul Brooks. Oh, okay. When PLB told Spray, the boy with me, that's his tour manager who he's talking about. So he was there with us as well. And one of my proudest moments is when we're talking about LL Cool, like, this is kind of shit we got off of. We're having an in-depth discussion on the Unplugged series and LR Cool J and then how he took that Unplugged setup on the Budweiser Super Fest like later that year and we're playing beaches and shit. And PLD just breaks out and tells me, he's like, you have the deepest music knowledge I have ever seen for somebody of your age. And at that point, I was, what, 19? I hadn't even turned 20 yet. That's that awesome. was, yeah, that, personally, that was a damn proud moment. I was, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that's probably my favorite, in a long way. Chuck, I, I've also interviewed Chuck D. We'll put him at number two. Because he also gave me a compliment while we were interviewing him. Because, um, you know, I don't go after, like, headlines or clickbait or shit like a lot of websites. I'm, I mean, I have a journalism degree, so I am interested, honestly, in facts. But just to be real, just, just to break this down and be dead honest with it, the reason I started doing interviews and started going after these people to talk to them was because I could. We're talking some wild west times with the internet. And it dawned on me, wait a minute, if I'm writing for a music website, which 411 wasn't, we have to have a music section, but it's close enough. Like, I'm writing for a music website. 
what happened if I reached out to this PR person and said, hey, can I interview that dude because I'm a fan of them and check out the show and review it too? And the answer that came back was, sure, when you want to talk to him. Oh, we just kicked down the fucking door there. That's awesome. Because I'm like, if I could do it with this person, who else? And I just kept going. Again, because I could. This is that kind of time. It's like, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't I want to talk to people that I was fans of and his music I've admired for years? And that's where all that started. It's because I got curious and gave it a shot, and it worked. And then I found out it kept working. So I kept doing it. So Chuck was one of them. He was number two. I talked to him twice. Uh, oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, see, it's, it's the same thing. The first two were easy. The other three are like, oh, that's a good question. Um, you know what? I'll tell you who number three is. Because he was a hell of a nice guy, especially when he found out that we kind of came up only a few miles apart from each other. That was Larry the Cable Guy. Really? Once I told him that I've been listening to him since the days of Ron and Fez on, you know, DIV, he was, oh, he was all in. He, he's like, yeah. And he knew I went back. Um, speaking of which, that same logic, I guess I'll call this number four. I didn't talk to him for very long. It was maybe all of 10 minutes because it was literally, literally right before they went on stage and played. But no, you know what? I'm going to bump this up a little higher. Sorry, Larry. You just went to number four. (laughs) And the reason the interview with Ice-T and Ernie C of Body Count together isn't higher on this list. It's because it only lasted about 10 minutes. 10 minutes is all... right before they went on stage. 10 minutes is all I would need to speak to Ice-T, but go ahead. (laughs) And 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 that was my thing. I'm like, no, I'm good. I got to see, I talked to them for 10 minutes. I'm I'm good. Would I love to hang out with them and shoot the shit for longer? Of course I would. But, no, to say I did it, I got my 10 minutes in, I got my questions in, I got my answers recorded, peace out, we're done. And once again, we're going to leave number five open. I'll have to come back to it. Okay. Well, why do you think about why you think about number five? I'll give you quickly a rapid fire my top concerts I went to, and you can comment on them if you like. Uh, Beastie Boys saw them uh, back in '92. Uh, see, I would have killed those. See, them, Run DMC, and Queen are like the three that got away for me. Queen, I probably still could. I would check them out with Adam Lambert because I do like Adam Lambert, and now, and now bear in mind. Prince is my single favorite musician. Queen, we're talking about my favorite band. Right. Ever. And I know people hold Freddie in sacred territory, as well they should. I totally get it. But I've seen video of Lambert with them. He's not that. And bear in mind, Queen have never pretended to, you know, oh, we're going to replace Freddie. No, they're not. They'll be the first to tell you they're not. They just wanted to go out and play and have somebody sing those songs. Period. And they found him. Adam Lambert, God bless him, stepped in, and he's and he's good at what he does with them. It's just why he's been with them for a while. They haven't made any. Well, they did make one album with that dude, Paul Rogers, which was kind of terrible. And I think they learned their lesson from that. But no, they're not going to pretend. They're not even trying to replace Freddie, and they'll be the first to tell you that. They just want to get out and play and have somebody to be able to sing his songs while they're playing. And they found that in Lambert, and he does well. I could go see them if I wanted to. And one of these days, I might. But I know it won't be the same as seeing them with Freddie, and that I missed out on. Right. So, same with the Beastie Boys. That I am you for, because I would have loved to have seen them. But that will not happen now. Um, I definitely checked it off my bucket list. Second one was Rollins Band. I saw Henry Rollins perform in his heyday. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was I amazing. I haven't seen them either. It was amazing. I broke my glasses, got a big scar across my chest. It, it, it was wonderful. I actually moshed around with a skinhead, and he and I became friends. Beautiful bonding moment. Uh, wow. <laughs> Very nice. Absolutely. Uh, number three, Cypress Hill. I saw Cypress Hill. Cool. 
See, the closest I've gotten, I have seen Prophets of Rage. I wanted I to see them, them so bad. They had wine be louder. We have a festival up here louder than life. Big rock festival. They had wine Sunday night of that a couple of years ago. And Liam and I saw it. So I did see, I've never seen Cypress Hill or Prophets, but I have seen Prophets of Rage. No, only be there. My number four, I saw No Effects. No Effects at the Orlando Edge, downtown oh, oh. Orlando. First time stage oh diving, and No Effects was amazing. They played for like a good almost two hours straight. It was so much fun. The Edge, gosh, I remember that show. Yes. And if you're a big fan of No Effects, I recommend going on YouTube, looking up Backstage Passport, real little sharp little plug. They document them going, they're, they're touring all over the world before they retire. And they, they play in Chile, they play in Jordan, they play in Pakistan, all these other weird places. And wow. It is a trip to see what they go through and how they get scammed and robbed and make money and stuff like that. It's great. Uh, I have to put that on while I'm working tomorrow because that sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look it up on YouTube, Backstage Passport, Season 1 and Season 2. Um, and also, my last and favorite one, I saw Rage Against the Machine. Best concert ever, brutal, fun, angry, you name it. Every single emotion came out in that concert. See, that's one I haven't seen yet either. But then, hopefully, when all this, you know, when the Black Plague passes and life returns to somewhat normal, I might actually have a chance to do that. I would like to. There are two shows we had scheduled to see over summer and fall. I don't know if we're going to be able to. My instinct says I doubt it. Um, one, first one is going to be July, and that was, I'm trying to think of a whole film, wait, don't tell me. Okay, In Flames, Trivium, Megadeth, Lamb of God. Lamb of God, nice. Yes, Lamb of God, the one band on that bill I have, they're, like I said, have a short list of bands I've not seen that I've wanted to. Lamb of God's one of them. I have not seen them yet. We were supposed to in July. I don't know if that's still going to happen. Um, Trivium, I can tell you the hell of a live band. And Megadeth, it's freaking Megadeth. I mean, <laughs> Dave just got over cancer and he's getting back on the road. So God bless him. You Absolutely. Know, that's you awesome. the opportunity, take it. Because I can vouch for them too. The other one we were going to see which I understand it's, it's a little strange. The, the bill to me is a little strange, but I completely understand it. Corn, who, again, good, damn good life band. I don't, they're not my favorite band in the world. I certainly don't hate them. You know, I can, I can dig on some corn. I'm good with them. I'm all right with them cats. They put on a hell of a show. I can tell you that. They're a good life band. And faith no more. Faith No More. Yes, I would love to see them in concert. My, and I blew my wife's mind by telling her this the other day, and I didn't realize that I just got them saying Queen was my favorite band of all time. Faith No More is number two. Ever. Hmm. That's interesting, actually. Ever. That that That's really interesting, especially, I mean, especially with, you know, with your music taste. To say that, that's definitely interesting. Well, I mean, you look at my time, I mean, you... you one question you haven't asked yet, but I'll go ahead and cover it because I think this is a good explanation. Well, well, I mean, good well, well, I mean, well, my well, overall taste as I can get, and that is my top five ever. Period. And now, well, before you do that, you still have to tell me, like you know, like number five of your interview. That the person, you know, like your top five interview. We're still missing number five. Yeah, you want to pause this for about three hours? So I can go through <laughs> the list of the people I talked to and pick one. <laughs> Hey man, the floor is yours. Trust me, this this is chapter three in our in our long storied friendship. And I've always was more interested in, in your musical taste, you know, like it was your wrestling taste. But if you don't have a number, if you, you still need to think about number five, by all means, you can go on to your other list. You know what? No, I don't. I can tell you who number five is. All right. Now that I think about it, number five, I can tell you who that is. It is my very the very first interview I ever did. And I thought I was going to die. 
because I asked a question about them getting some heat over some comments in one of their songs. And this dude went the fuck off about MTV and how they took and blew this up and just went nuts. And I thought he was going to kill me. It was Jenny Paul with Pantera. Really? It was my very first one. And I thought I made him so mad. But then, I don't know if I've told the story here or not. I may have. Um, if I have, I'll apologize to your audience and ask them to bear with me. But yeah, weeks later, we went and saw them at the Ocean Center. And um, long story short, Phil Anselmo had taken it upon himself to fight with one of the security guards in Buffalo. He didn't like how he was treating one of the kids in the audience, and Phil got physically involved. So they were banning cameras and press passes from all the rest of the shows. So we get there, our photographer's there, camera and hand all ready to go, and Vinny's outside. And I tell him who I am. And he's like, oh yeah, dude, I remember you. And he's, we just start chatting. Tells me, you have to leave the camera at the car, but he's going to let us in the side of the stage and we can see the show. And he did. So, good dude. A lot better than I expected him to be, because I thought over that MTV question, he was going to kill me. Because he certainly talked like this. But as it turns out, it wasn't me. It was, he actually thanked me for giving him the chance to set the record straight, because not a lot of people were doing that stuff. Nice. And that's why he decided to let me in. So yeah, no, number five interview would be Vinnie Paul, my very first one. <laughs> All right, now what about the other list you want to tell me about? And rest in peace, Vinnie Paul, by the way. I found that out when we landed in Florida a couple of years ago, and that sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, so the other list I was going to get to is my top five ever, period. Full stop. In this order. It's Prince, Queen, Fake No More, David Bowie, Public Enemy. Mm-hmm. From top to bottom. Hey, that respectable list. Five. Very respectable list. There's an awful lot of people that come close to that number five spot, too. There's Pink Floyd, um, Ministry. Um, a band that I can thank one of your friends for. Your, uh, your, your friend, Evan. I can thank him for introducing me to therapy. Really? I love that. I love that band to this day. Ever since hearing Trouble Gum, I'm I'm a huge therapy fan. Ever and and that's where it started with him lending me that Trouble Gum CD. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Well, actually, I yeah. have to. Well, actually, I have to thank you for Typo Negative. Uh, I heard Typo Negative. I've heard a Typo Negative on the ECW commercial, and I asked you who were yeah. them, and you like Typo Negative. I am, I can tell you the song they used for that ECW commercial was Christian Woman. I know exactly, I know exactly what song, what part of it do you, I know what commercial you're talking about, I remember that vividly. <laughs> that was Christian Woman, I remember that. And yeah, Typo would probably never be in top five for me, but they, they can very easily get in top ten. I love Typo. And that's, again, Peter Steele's SDGs, that sucks. Matter of fact, as we record this, that was 10 years and one day ago today that Peter Steele had passed. Right. Wow. April 14th, 2010. Now, and that sucked. What's interesting with that date is April 14th, 2001, that's when ECW closed. That's a little, little sidebar. Yep. April 14th is just a shitty day. <laughs> yes, yes it is. And and also speaking about people who introduced me to music, I think it was either you or Evan, I think I was think it was you who introduced me to the Jenna Tortures. Mm. That's a good question. It could have been. Yeah. Uh the Jenna Tortures, Fugazi. Um, good lord. Fugazi, I would probably, I have not heard very much Fugazi. I'd probably put that one on it. Jenna Tortures is very possible because I heard that one 
floating around the, the Daytona Beach Community College at the time, Daytona State College in motion, floating around the office. Somebody had a copy of their CD. In fact, it was for In Motion that I interviewed Cindy Hall. Really? And the um, Nine Inch Nails, Marilyn Manson review you talked about earlier, mm-hmm. also for In Motion. That was all Daytona State College stuff. But yeah, that's where I first heard Jennifer Jersey was there, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then I heard about their stage show, and I'm like, oh, there is absolutely no way I'm going to see them live. <laughs> nope. Never. No, you cannot keep the audience, you cannot keep the audience in suspense. So by all means, please elaborate. <laughs> the Jenna Torture show, um, the torture is part of the name comes from the fact that they do a full-on S&M act on the stage. They will pull somebody, I'd, I'd imagine nowadays that somebody that goes on tour with them. But I think back then they used to pull people from the audience that were that would volunteer to do it. And it was full on as like ball gag, dip mask, ball torture, whipping, you name it. They would do it to the fourth of this during the show because that was their act. They were an S&M band. So I'm like, nope, that is not going to be me, Jack. <laughs> not gonna happen. The closest I'll get to seeing them live is video, but no, I'm not even taking that chance. Sorry, <laughs> not me. Yep, as uh, an old friend would say, "Fuck them if they can't take a joke," you know. <laughs> but and as um, if I I'll pull some really obscure one out, I have a um, an old a clip of. Take No More Live. It's an MP3. And the title of it is Unknown Woman Jumps on Stage Patent Unimpressed. Hmm. Okay. He's in the midst of singing Take This Bottle from King for a Day, Full for a Lifetime. And right in the middle of singing the song, you just hear him go, Oh my God! Not me. Not me, honey. You got the wrong man. And that's how I feel about going to a genital torture show. Not me, honey. You got the wrong man. I <laughs> uh, see, I remember since we're since this, you know, episode is about music, I watched a documentary last night. And hopefully you've seen it too. It is uh, it's MTV special about the history, the start, the middle, and the end of Yo! MTV Raps. Have you seen that one yet? I have not seen this documentary yet, but it sounds like something I would love, because I was all about some MTV Raps, Yo! MTV Raps back then. It is... I even have... Here's a, here's a key note. I found for 10 bucks, and I wore it the other day working from home, because I could. I have a Yo! MTV Raps t-shirt. Really? It's up here at Meyer, and it was on sale for 10 bucks, so I snatched that, I snatched that right up. Truly, I'm envious of you. The The episode is 45 minutes. They interview Fab Five Freddy. They interview Dr. Dre, Ed Lover. They talk about everything. They have clips of everything from the beginning show to the very end show. I recommend wow. it. See, I've seen, yeah, I'm not. I've seen, I've seen documentaries on like the Pain Clan, Public Enemy, Eric B. and Rock Kim. I have not seen this one, though. I'm going to have to go looking for it. Trust me, it's on YouTube. I love doing TV back then. It is on YouTube, and it is so deep. It is amazing. The best 45 minutes you'll you'll ever watch when it comes to that. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to have to go hunt that down, because I love that show. Uh, And now to, not I mean, not to put a cap on it just yet, but, but, but tell me more about, you know, what music you like now versus versus what you liked back then. I'm going to answer this by throwing you a question. All right. Do you remember the suggestion I made when last we talked on this very show? Code Orange. Have you had a chance to hear them yet? Yes. Yes, I have. And? I like it. I'm hooked. I like it. Yeah, that new album of theirs I am all kinds of into. Underneath it's called, and it is on. It's, for people that may not be familiar with it, imagine, and please feel free to say if this, if you think this is Christian accurate or not. Imagine if Nine Inch Nails went full heavy metal. 
Hmm. That'd be that nice. That to me is what Code Orange. That is what Code Orange sounds like to me. And that, like I said, that new album is so good. Underneath, I love it. I've gone back and listened to other stuff. There's like Forever from three years ago. I I haven't heard anything I really haven't liked yet. So yeah. So there's been one of my big favorites lately. I've been starting to get doing deeper dives into them and their stuff. Now, um, I, now, now, I told you about a music group a couple of years ago uh, called Baby Metal, and uh, I actually, yeah. I actually still like them. And you've heard of them already, correct? Yep. I play them for people when I just want to blow their minds. Yeah, <laughs> I've got. Yeah, I've got. Give me chocolate based on like on standby at any given moment. Uh, I have. I mean, people go. What? I have karate in my ringtone. I mean, I have karate on my ringtone. I do like them. I actually, I, I first heard about them, and I'm like, oh god! Like I, like the description of the concept made me want to punch somebody. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Like, oh, this sounds like it's gonna be awful. But then I saw that video for I think Give Me Taco actually it's called. But I saw that video, and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I can get into this. Like the Teen Titans theme with guitars, I can, I can dig it. I'm, I'm, I'm with it. I like this. Nice. Uh, and now, I mean, and I, I do apologize. I mean, continue, because I mean, like, I mean, like, what are your top five favorite ones? You know, of you know, of now that you listen to. A lot of my taste right now. A good portion of my taste right now are metal. So that's your disclaimer going in. Um, Code Orange should probably be the first one. Um, who else did I sound like? Uh, Within the Ruins is another one. The song Objective Reality is really is, is what suckered me into them. Um. You know what sucks? I really can't say Body Count as a new one, can I? No, yeah, I mean, you can. I'm I mean, away with that. <laughs> yeah, you, you can. That's but fine. Just, well, no, I'm not. I've been listening to that since they first came out, too. I see. We talked about that with him in our YouTube. But their last, their newest album is about a month old. It's pretty good. The two before that are just, it's just a one two punch of killer. Especially, I'll tell you what, I had, I'll tell you a quick story about that before I, so it'll buy me some time to think about who else lately I've been listening to. <laughs> All right. Um, finishing up my degree at IUS, I found and ordered, I had a, I have a PC tablet that I want to work. It's a Dell Venue Pro 8. It's an 11 inch tablet, fully functioning Windows 10 computer. So I used it for school. I bring it with me because it's portable and I can whip out a keyboard and if I used or if I needed the touchscreen style, I don't mean it was versatile with how I used it for school. So I found a case for it, Wolfolio black leather case, and I found on eBay and ordered and put on the back a body count sticker. And this was about the time that not their newest album, but the one before that manslaughter had come out. And Somebody had looked at that kind of top guy and looked at me like I knew this was going to happen. And I was just like, you know, can I help you? That kind of thing. Right. Like, I wouldn't take you for a body count fan. I'm like, okay, first of all, me and I go back before body count even happened. Second of all, I've interviewed dude. But third, even if none of that had happened, the closest, if you want a real good idea of what my political views are, Find and listen to the song by Body Count called No Lives Matter. I heard that song too. Yes. Now, now speaking about continuous new music nowadays, um, of course, you know, I mean, you've heard of Tyler, you've heard of Tyler, the creator, of course, right? Yeah. I haven't heard much of him, but I've definitely heard 
I mean, I haven't heard much of his music, but yes, I've heard of him for sure. That's, um, is, no, I'm thinking Childish Gambino. Um, that Glover kid, the actor. <laughs> yeah, I know you're talking about. Gambino is his, Gambino is his hip-hop alter ego, isn't it? That, that, well, no, it's a whole, whole different person. Uh, a talented creator and his group latched on to uh, Jackass, and he came up with Loiter Squad on Adult Swim. Cheap well, plug. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm thinking not that Childish Gambino and Tyler the Creator. I thought I I tend to think Tyler the Creator is um, Lovers, and I can't think of his first name, but you know what I'm talking mm -hmm. about. Yeah, I know you're talking about. But I have to stop myself. So I'm like, no, that's not Tyler. Childish Gambino is that dude. Right, but Tyler the Creator, um, you know, his music is really good, and also one of one of his one of his boys, uh, Earl Sweatshirt. I kid you not, you should you should YouTube Earl Sweatshirt. His rap style is amazing. I've heard of him. I've heard of him. Yeah, he's, he's really really good. Highly recommend it. Tyler the Creator is really good, also. I think my two favorite hip hop acts right now, um, Action Bronson, is one. Mm -hmm. He's just some of the stuff he comes up with is just like, how the hell, where did you, like, where did you come up with that? I think that's why I like it. I don't know if, are, are you familiar with Action Johnson? Yeah, I am. Exactly. Like and you know who I'm talking about. And I think the Suicide Squad soundtrack is what got me into him. That's a good sound. Especially, soundtrack. particularly, the line... You know, new titties for the mistress, fuck it, new titties for everyone, it's Christmas. <laughs> That's the kind of stuff I'm like, where on earth did you come up with? I'm sitting there laughing my ass off, like, how the hell did you come up with that? Where did that even come from? And I see so you that made me dig into his stuff, and I like it more. And the other hip-hop act that I really, or rapper, hip-hop artist that I really am into right now is the Pat Jadena. Okay, all right. I can yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I can dig that. So you know who that is, also. Yes, I do. Um, for your listeners that don't, this will be real easy. Season one of Luke Cage. I believe it's episode five. The entire opening of that show is like a montage kind of recap clip, but it's all set to just done as long with the chief. And he performs, he's in the episode, he performs it at um, Cottonmouth Club. There's nobody in it. I think he's on, I think the setup is that he's auditioning for Cottonmouth, but he performs that song and they lay like, you know, clips over it. So if you want to check him out and you've got Netflix and you did the Luke Cage show, that's a good way to do it. Because that's happened shortly after I found the music video for Long Live the Chief and was like, this is different. I like it. And then his album, The Chief, came out. And, oh, yeah, I really like it. So, yeah, he's up there for me also. That's, that's, that's just not bad at all. And, you know, of course, and put a cap on, and of course, I put a cap on this episode. My, I have a question for you. Now, do you feel like doing a part four, or do you think we covered everything in part one, two, and three? You know, matter of fact, <laughs> matter of fact, absolutely. And I think to help me in that little topic will be my sister. My sister knows comics like you would not believe. And what I will do, I think we are, we're due for a part four next week. And this time it'll be a little three-way dance between me, you, and my sister talking about comic books. That would be awesome because I have not talked to your sister in a and I remember, you talk about proud moments. I remember giving her an original copy. The cover was torn. It was not in the best shape in the world, but it was an original copy of, I think it was actually 183, when Taliban from the Morlocks had tried to marry Kitty Pride. And I remember her literally breaking into tears when I gave her that. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I made her that happy. That is so awesome. I haven't talked to your sister in a while, but I would love to. She is cool people. And I totally love to have her on to discuss 
Well, I think I, yeah, I think we're going to do this next week. I think next Wednesday, you know, it, it'll be you and it'll be my dear sister and myself. And you know, all I'm going to do is I'm going to introduce you guys <laughs> and let you guys go on, let you guys have a rip run time. You're going to pull the typical heel three-way dance strategy. You're going to let the other two go at it while you flip outside the ring and let them beat the hell out of each other and then sneak in later. I dig it. Okay. I get what you're. I get what you're putting down. That's fine. <laughs> I'm with that. I'm all right with that. Hey, and that works for me. And now to close everything out, uh, I will thank you as always because it's never a dull moment talking to you because I know, you know, we don't talk as much as we used to, but when we do, we pick up right where we left off at. And sure. Oh, this is this was a lot of fun, and there's probably stuff I'm going to go back and be like, oh shit, that I completely forgot to mention earlier <laughs> on. But whatever, it's all good. This well, was a lot of fun. Thank you. No. So what we're going to do next week? We're going to do comics, and then the week after that, if I can ask you very very nicely. We're going to have a wrap-up show, and we're going to cover everything that I missed, everything that you missed, <laughs> and we'll talk about little bitty odds and ends in between. How does that sound? Sure. I'm with it. Sweet. You know, and of course, the purpose of this show is, you know, to have everybody unplug their brain for a few minutes out of all the garbage and crap that's going on, leave all the politics, leave all the misery, leave all the virus stuff behind. Just sit down, have a good time, listen to two old friends talk and BS about stuff. Hopefully, you've learned some new stuff. Hopefully, everybody out there can try some new music. Because you know, you know, like what else can you, you know, what else can you do when you sit in your house? Listen to some, listen to some new music that we talk about. Give it a shot. You actually might like it. Speaking of which, breaking of the new stuff I'm listening to, I just saw the number five. All right. Gojira. Can never, never heard of it. Tell me about it. They are a metal band out of France, of all places. And they kick ass. Joe and I think it's Mark is the other brother to Tanche, or the main two. Um, Gojira, I love telling the story behind their name because I think it's funny. People are like, what's a Gojira? They originally wanted to call themselves Godzilla. Well, come to find out there's a slight trademark issue with the name Godzilla over here in the States. <laughs> yeah, go figure. Obvious reasons. However, nobody really thought to trademark the original pronunciation, the Japanese pronunciation of Godzilla. So they took Gojira instead. That's funny. That is really and funny. That's where their name comes from. It is the original pronunciation of Godzilla, Gojira. <laughs> but if you're going to start with them, my favorite album, I think, right now, their last one is Dynamite. I think I would probably suggest starting with the album Explosium mm -hmm. because the title track is the album opener, and it's probably one of the best album openers Now that's saying something. Yes. So, yeah, number five on the what have I been listening to lately list to go check out is Gojira. Sweet. Okay, I might have to do that. Now, actually, yeah, as we wrap this up, I'm going to have you message me five of those. And I'm going to put them on the site you know, so people can click on it and check it out. I'll do the same thing. You know, so, so, you know, so basically, as we talk about music, you know, they can go check it out and let them know what they Five think. Five of what you want, what, videos? No, no, just, I mean, just music groups. Oh, that's what I mean. You want, like, YouTube links? You want, how do you, how do you want this? Um, just uh, message me, like, the name of the band. Oh, okay, sure. Yeah, name yeah. Of, yeah message me the name of the band. Uh, I'll, you know, I, of course, I'll put it on the description. So if they want to check it out, they can YouTube it and stuff like that, and hopefully we can open up some, uh, you know, some ears, you know, like to, to some new music. Sure, um, uh, absolutely. And of course, uh, as we bring this lovely show to a close, I like to also thank you know you once again, Mike. I thank the listeners, you know, for downloading the show, listening to this show. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your pets, tell everyone about the Walker AC experience. You know the links. You know where to find me. You know what to download. And any closing comments for the people out there, Mr. Mike? Um, thank you all 
again, thank you again for, for having me. This has been a lot of fun. And yeah, I'm still looking forward to doing some more. Bring it. Sweet. And like I said, I mean, while all of us are in our house waiting for like the plague to pass us, <laughs> pass the time, you know, we're going to put out more shows, have a little more fun because what else are you going to do with your time? Might as well listen to us. True story. <laughs> well, once again, thank you, Mike. Once again, I will speak with you next week and we're going to have a whole lot more fun I, doing this. Yeah, we'll do. And thank you. You have a good evening there as well. All right. Take care, Mike. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. And once again, thank all my listeners for tuning into the Walker AC Experience. You can always find us once again at walkerac76.pondbean.com. You can find me on YouTube under Walker AC. You can always find me on Instagram under the Walker AC Experience. That's Walker AC Experience. Also find me on TikTok under Walker AC. Stay tuned uh, a little bit later today. I have another little surprise for all of you. Until then, unplug, relax, don't forget to smile, don't forget to laugh, not to take life too seriously, and we'll see you next week.